Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting. I'm your host, Nancy. Today, we're going to be discussing what is the HUBZone program. Again, this is episode number 69. So why did Congress create the HUBZone program? What does the HUBZone program stand for? So HUBZone stands for Historically Underutilized Business Zones. And Congress created these business zones to provide contracting assistance for small businesses that are located in these business zones in an effort to increase employment opportunities, investment, and economic development in such underdeveloped areas. Again, you'll see that I'm referring to 13 CFR. CFR stands for Code of Federal Regulations 126. Which government agencies have to use the HUBZone program? And that's easy. Every government agency that employs one or more contracting officers has to use this program. Now, the HUBZone program is a federal program. It does not apply to state and local governments. However, state and local governments may use a list of HUBZone qualified firms to identify businesses for similar programs authorized under state or local law. Also, what effect does the HUBZone program have the subcontracting program? So basically, when Congress created the HUBZone program, they also modified the subcontracting program and added that they have to include qualified HUBZone small businesses in the formal subcontracting plans. This is good news because if you're not a prime contractor and you're a subcontractor, you have an opportunity to work with a prime contractor now because they have to put HUBZone qualified businesses in their subcontracting plans. Let's talk about program requirements. One, the business has to be small. Two, the business has to be owned and controlled by 51% or more persons who are U.S. citizens. In addition, the business together with any of its affiliates has to be small business under the size standard corresponding to its primary industry classification, otherwise known as Nate's Code. The small business principal office also has to be located within a qualified census tract or hub zone location. Now let's talk about principal office. Principal office as defined by Congress means location where the greatest number of your employees at any one location perform their work. However, if you're in the construction or service industry, The determination of principal office excludes the employees who perform the majority of their work on job site locations to fulfill specific contract obligations. So in other words, it's your office staff. Now, 35% of your employees, and that's going to change soon to 33%. I'm waiting for that to come out in the Federal Register. But 35% of your employees have to reside within a hub zone. 
No, it does not need to be the same hub zone as your principal office is located in, as long as they are located within a qualified hub zone area, then they meet the requirements. Now, when you're computing the requirements for the number of employees, you have to round up at any time that you receive a fraction. So you're going to round up to the nearest whole number. So let's do two examples. The first example is you have 25 employees. 35% of 25 employees equals 8.75 employees. So you would have to round up to nine employees. Now let's look at example two. You have 95 employees. 35% of 95 employees equals 33.25%. Because that equaled into a fraction, you now have to round up. Thus, 34 employees must reside within a hub zone to meet the qualifications for this program. Let's talk about contract performance. When you are certified, and also at the time you submit your application, you have to guarantee that you're going to attempt to maintain having 35% of your employees reside in a hub zone during the performance of any hub zone contract that you receive. Also, for subcontracting, you have to represent at the time of application and again at the time of contract receiving that you're going to comply with the applicable limitations on subcontracting requirements in connection with any procurement that you receive. So if you receive a, a, a procurement and also that you're going to comply with all the subcontracting requirements. So if you're construction and you do general construction, you're going to have to guarantee that you're going to do the 15%. If you're in a specialty trade, then it's 25%. All others is 50%. See the video I have on self-performance requirements. I'll have it linked up here. Now, how does SBA determine who owns a business? The owner of a small business seeking to get HUBZone certified or a qualified HUBZone business is a person who owns any legal or equitable interest in a small business. If an employee's stock ownership plan owns all or part of the concern, SBA considers the stock, trustee, and the plan member to be an owner. If a trust owns all or part of the concern or the business, SBA considers each trustee and trust beneficiary to be an owner. Now let's break this down by corporations. Corporations are a little bit more complicated. So when SBA considers any person who owns stock, whether that's voting or non-voting rights, to be the owner, SBA considers options to purchase stock and the right to convert debentures into voting stock as if they've already been exercised, whether they have or have not. Now let's look at an example. U.S. Citizens owns all the stock of a corporation. A corporate officer who happens to be a non-U.S. citizen owns no stock in the corporation, but he owns options to purchase stock in the corporation. SBA will consider the options exercise in the individual to be an owner. Therefore, if that corporate officer has options to purchase 50% or more of the corporate stock, then SBA is going to deem that business not eligible to be a qualified hub zone concern because at least 51% owned and controlled by U.S. citizens has not been met.
Now, if you're in a partnership, SBA is going to consider all partners, whether general or limited, to be owners in the partnership. If you're a sole proprietor, they're going to say the proprietor is the owner. On limited liability companies, SBA considers each member to be an owner of a limited liability company. Control. Control means both the day-to-day management and long-term decision-making authority for HubZone. It's the same with 8A. It's the same with all the programs. This is something you really need to grasp. Many persons who share control of a concern, they can hold any one of the following positions. They can be an officer. They can be a director. They can be a general partner. They can be a managing partner. They can be a managing member. And they can be a manager. On top of that, if you have key employees who possess expertise or responsibilities related to your primary economic activity, SBA can say that they have significant control of your business. So SBA will consider the potential control of your employees, or at least your key employees, I should say. Now let's take a moment and listen to a few words from our sponsor, BidSync. I would like to thank BidSync very much for sponsoring our podcast. As always, sign up for your free account at bidsync.com slash contracts made easy. Are you struggling to find quality public sector bids in a timely manner? Well, you're not alone. Everybody struggles. Based on customer research, BidSync knows that government suppliers like you spend an average of more than one hour a day looking for bids and that you review at least 40 emails per day, and you win less than 10% of the bids that you respond to. BidSync can help because they offer suppliers a simpler, smarter way to find opportunities to grow your business. After aggregating bids from over 90,000 government agencies across North America, BidSync's engine curates and delivers all the relevant bids for your business in one informative email. This means you save time every day making smarter bidding decisions and ultimately gain access to more government business. Please don't waste another day manually searching for government opportunities. Start your free BidSync account today. Did I say free? Yes, I said free. Please go to BidSync.com slash contracts made easy. And I will have a link in today's show notes to that. Let's let's talk about size standards as it applies to HubZone firms. At the time of application, you have to meet you have to tell SBA that you meet SBA size standards for your primary industry classification. If SBA is unable to verify that you are small, they can automatically deny your application or they can request a formal size determination from the responsible government contracting area director or his or her designee. Now, at the time of initial contract offer, you have to certify that you are small for the size standard corresponding to Nate's code on that contract. A concern can have affiliates provided that the aggregate size of the concern and all its affiliates are small. If they are large added all together, then no, you cannot be in the HubZone program. Remember, this program is for small businesses only. 
So how does SBA determine control? Remember, I'm going to beat this one up a little bit. I want to make sure you fully understand it. Control means both the day-to-day -day management and the long-term decision-making authority. Now, day-to-day -day management. A lot of guys will say, I'll put my wife, I want to get the women on, so I'll have my wife run the business. Well, she's responsible for signing all the checks. She's responsible for running the business every day. She's responsible for hiring and firing employees. Then you can probably do it. If not, remember, day-to-day -day management and long-term decision-making authority for HubZone Concerns. Also, remember, they're going to look at who holds the following positions. Officers, directors, general partner, managing partner, managing member, and manager, in addition to your key employees. So they'll take all that into consideration on a case-by-case -case basis. So can you be in the HubZone program and be certified in any of the other SBA programs? And the answer is yes. Participants in other SBA programs can be certified as qualified HubZone small businesses if they meet all the requirements set forth as we discussed. Participation in other SBA programs is not a requirement for participation in the HubZone program. Non-manufacturers, can they be certified as a qualified HubZone concerns? So non-manufacturers, now the way Congress did this, and when they created the HUBZone Act of 1997, they referred to non-manufacturers as regular dealers, and they can be certified as qualified HUBZone businesses if they meet all the requirements. So there's not any limitations on non-manufacturers. So can I have my HUBZone business have offices or facilities in another state or outside a HUBZone? And a qualified hub zone may have offices or facilities in another hub zone or even outside a hub zone and still be qualified as hub zone. However, in order to be certified as a qualified hub zone, you have to have your principal office located within a hub zone. 35% of your employees must reside within the hub zone and you have to meet the, all the other requirements. How may a concern be certified as a qualified hub, hub zone business? And that one's easy. You have to submit an application to SBA. And you're going to submit your application. Um, there is a link on SBA's website to the actual application. Now, they're going to be switching over from the one system to another at some point. And they're going to go to that certify.sba.gov website just like the 8A participants do and the women-owned small businesses will use. They're going to have one database where every applicant goes in there and uploads their documents one time. So if you want to apply for all the programs, you upload your, your documents one time, and you just every time you do an application, you just select whatever particular document you need to link it to that particular application, which is really nice, but the answer is yes. You have to apply to SBA. Now, SBA can request additional information. They can look at what you submitted and say, no, I'm going to deny that particular application. Or they may verify the information before making a final determination. SBA can draw an adverse inf inference and deny that certification where you fail to cooperate with SBA or you fail to submit information that was requested by SBA. If SBA determines that you are a qualified hub zone firm and you meet all the qualification requirements, 
it will issue a certification to that effect and add you to the list. That list is going to be found on SBA's Dynamic Small Business Search with this D as in Delta, S as in Sierra, B as in B as in Business, S as in Sierra, dot S as in Sierra, B as in Business, A as in Alpha, dot gov. DSBS.SBA.gov. Go there. You can find all small businesses or you can search for minority small businesses only. You can search for 8A, Hub Zone, Services Able Vet, Veteran Owned, Women Owned Program, Women Owned Businesses through that one website. Is there any other way for a business to submit an application? And the answer is no. SBA certification is the only way to qualify for this program. So when can I submit my application? A business may apply to SBA and submit the required information whether it can represent that it meets whenever it can represent that you meet the eligibility requirements. All representations and supporting information contained in the application must be complete and accurate as of the date of submission. The application has to be signed by an officer of the business who is authorized to represent the concern or the business. That's the end of part one. As always, thank you very much. Please remember to go to bidsync.com slash contracts made easy and sign up for your free account today. I have one through them. I enjoy it. It sends out different bids than I get through my PTAC office. That's what I like about it. I know I'm covering everything because I'm getting bids from my P- local PTAC office and I'm getting bids from this system also. If you have any comments, questions, please leave them below. And as always, until next time.